the Floatcast is brought to you by FlotationLocations.com. They are the world's premier isolation tank directory and flotation resource center. Their website provides the most reliable and up-to-date global locator for float tank locations and manufacturers. They house their social media pages, newsletters, blogs, and much more so you can remain updated in this growing industry. If you are interested in floating, you can find a location near you using the fastest and most comprehensive search engine available. <clears throat> if you're a float center or tank manufacturer and haven't teamed up with them yet, it is time to get found. From educating, educating new floaters, providing premium advertising for float tank businesses, Flotation Locations aspires to be the industry's hub and they are proud to be an integral part of driving this industry forward. The Flowcast is also brought to you by EscapePodTank.com. The Escape Pod Tank easily fits into your home and into your life. It is a perfect environment for sensory deprivation, it's easy to maintain, and it looks badass. It is the world's least expensive professionally manufactured float tank, but don't think it's cheap. They've designed that thing to last. The exterior panel of the Escape Pod tank is made from 14 gauge steel, which is powder coated, and the panels are precision manufactured right here in the United States. They've manufactured the system so it disassembles and easily carries around tight corners and into smaller rooms. And the biggest panel is 48 by 48 inches. So you can move it right into your room. It's not a pain in the neck to move it to your house. And it's not one big clunky thing you got to move around corners. You can move it into a room easily and then assemble it right in there. The pump system is delivered to you pre-assembled and water tested. And it's professionally wired and ready to plug in. So you just got to get it, plug it in, and that's it. No messing around with this. Not knowing if there's any GFIs on it and you're going to electrocute. You don't need to set up any timers. It's all done for you. Installing and building your escape pod tank is easy and requires only simple hand tools. Your tank comes with a very detailed instruction manual and the guys are there to help you help you out over the phone and email as well if you need help putting it together. Once your order is confirmed, it takes about 2-3 to three weeks to get the tank to your location if you're in the lower 48 states. Putting your tank together takes about 6 hours and it'll be ready for floating in about 2 days after you fill it with water. If you're interested in purchasing, purchasing a tank, you can t- contact uh, Jeremy at escapepodtank.com. And the Floatcast, last but not least, is also brought to you by FloatForum.com. FloatForum is a new forum that is uh, free to join and is a free information resource for anybody looking to find out information about floating, uh, opening up a float center, or uh, buying salt, or what to put in your rooms, or whatever the case is. Um, so go check it out. FloatForum.com. And here we go. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Tom. And you're checking out episode number 13 of the Floatcast. This is a podcast all about floating, float tanks, isolation tanks, whatever you want to call them. They all have the same goal, which is complete relaxation for the user and complete benefit for the mind and for the body. Fortunately, right now, I'm joined by uh, my two good friends, Ashkan and uh, Graham from Float On in Portland. And these two guys have helped me tremendously as far as getting my center together and... uh, the amount of emails I sent them with silly questions is ridiculous. Uh, there were so many times I just looked back through my emails and looked at something I sent them and said, I can't believe I actually sent that to them. And I cannot believe they responded. Um, so I can't thank you guys enough. Welcome to the podcast. Guys, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's our pleasure, Tom. Good to be here. Great, great. So, uh, I, you know, I'm dying to know. Ever since when I first started researching uh, how I was going to do my center, I came across you guys immediately, and uh, I I kind of had it 
where I looked at it at your place and said, that's what I would like to get to. And that's where I like my place to get to eventually. How'd you guys start? How did you, you know, I, I know how I'm starting, which is very, uh, you know, one tank, very, very, uh, low key. How'd you guys start? Did you guys start the same way? Did you start in a center or in a home or? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, when we started, uh, now obviously Ashcon has been, um, an owner with us for pretty much the entire journey. Um, back then it was just me and Quinn and, uh, you know, we didn't own any float tanks or anything. And we kind of launched in on this journey because he'd gone floating down in California before I dragged him up to Portland, um, to come live with me up here. And, uh, he was working just this crappy tech support job that, you know, wasn't paying him, uh, well, it really was, it was paying him a ton of money. It wasn't giving him enough free time. And, uh, it was just making his life miserable. And so we met up and I'd been, um, running my own business since I got out of college, which is its own <laughs> whole nother story. Um, and so I was just going to consult with him and kind of help him maybe start his own career. And then like at float tanks, as they tend to do, just kind of sucked me into it too. And so we started by just going around and floating every place we could up here in the, uh, the Northwest and reviewing them. Uh, and uh, we started building a mailing list and uh, getting a Facebook following from there, which there's a good lesson about testing small there. And one of the people we floated at was Christopher, who's now another partner here at Float On. And he had a tank out of his apartment and I guess another tank out of the coast we found out later. And so uh, we were chatting with him afterwards and mentioned that we were seriously considering starting up a center. And he said he had another tank. And we said, well, if we got two tanks, we'd have four tanks total. Maybe we could put something together and actually start up. And uh, apparently, which we now found out, starting a center, this is just what a ton of people say getting out of floats. They're just incredibly enamored with it. And they're all about it and want to start a center. Yeah. So this is nothing new. <laughs> we've heard this 20 times before. Um, only Quinn and I were really serious. <laughs> and so a month later... When we were trying to float down in Ashland, um, we called the guy to schedule appointments, and it turns out he was going out of business. And he had the two ocean float rooms that we now have. And so I talked to him for about an hour, and he just told me everything that he knew about floating and said that he was profitable down there with two tanks. He just wanted to go live off the grid in a separate little community out there. So uh, we he was basically going to throw them in storage. He gave us a really good deal on the tanks. Um, we picked it up, and then we called Christopher and said, "Okay, we got two tanks. You ready to do this thing?" And uh, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, okay, let's let's do this." So uh, uh, okay, signed... uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so we signed a lease on a place the next month, um, which is now our location. And a month after that, we started build out. And uh, that's really where Ashcon comes in. So pretty much from conception, like me having a beer and never having floated to us actually signing a lease was three months of wow. time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so right around that point, uh, I was just on a road trip driving through town and also got enamored by the whole idea of floating and uh, decided to drop whatever else I was doing with my life and move up to Portland and help out with the entire thing. And that was right about the time that we, we actually took over our, our spot, the, the, the shop that we got. And um, basically realized that we didn't have enough money to stay in construction for any more than a month. And so in as words, a matter of necessity, In other words, like you had to get it done, like we had to get this done and had to get people to start floating now? Basically. Yeah. Like, yep. Okay. <laughs> we had no choice. And so we made a giant sign. We put it in our window. We said opening October 17th. We just set this arbitrary date for ourselves. And we Is were it... determined to hit it no hold matter on, what. Hold on. I got to know. Is it like the end of September? You were just like... All right, October seventeenth. There it is, and you just like wrote it down and, and hung it up. Is that pretty much what happened? Like it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, there were we to our grand opening was 
uh, as close to a sham as you could get, I think. <laughs> <laughs> like, our two of our tanks were actually held together with duct tape, like, that <laughs> we had done that morning, just spinning pieces of tape over these posts to hold entire uh, walls. You, you guys watch Mythbusters, I see, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I mean, we worked, we worked like, crazy people to, to make it happen, too. I mean, we didn't have, you know, a lot of money to really hire contractors or anything, so we were doing as much labor as we were legally allowed to. Um, so plumbers would lay the pipe and then we would fill the dirt back in the trenches and, you know, someone would, uh, <clears throat> we would haul things as other people were destroying them and anything, anything we could do. Yeah. And uh, as a result, we were working for like, you know, 19 to 22 hours a day for, for several weeks straight at a point there. Um, and it was good, you know, that, uh, that process really, uh, <laughs> it actually generated PR in itself. Because people in the neighborhood would be walking by and we'd be there working at 3 p.m. And they'd walk by at 3 a.m. And we'd still be there working. And they'd come <laughs> by and be like, what are you guys doing? We're like, oh, we're building a relaxation center. <laughs> can't, you, can't you tell? Look how relaxed we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I swear, quietest place on earth. Big jackhammers going in the background. And it's great. I mean, we brought everyone, like anybody who walked by that shop during that time that we were working knew exactly what was going on. Like we were building a float tank center. They had been brought in. They were given a tour of our like little construction area. Like we doors open, we were just as welcoming as possible um, during the entire thing, which is really I think helped to generate a lot of the kind of buzz that led up to us opening. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. And so, um, so at that point now we're up to um, me and we went from me and Quinn as two owners. Now we have me, Quinn, Ashcon, and Christopher, all as four owners of Float On. And um, yeah, we had our opening. <laughs> Construction stuff went into the back room and was literally piled at like chest high to get anything. At one point, one of our friends went back there and we heard this crash and we go and all we see is his feet sticking up <laughs> out of this mound of construction tools and he could not extricate himself. It was like head down in the snow kind of thing. Um, yeah, ridiculous. So then we immediately closed back down for another four or five days. Yeah, to get at the actual water and salt into the tanks. <laughs> and even at that point, I mean, we, we were running our first floats without most of the things that you would need to have a shop like we our towels were just hidden around our place like we didn't have a towel cubby system or anything they were just like in our desk and in little corners uh we didn't have the only chair we had was this little fold-out portable chair you would take to like go watch fireworks or something with some like companies like branding on the back of it from some conference do you have any idea how much yeah, hope? Uh, our, our, one of our first customers, we didn't, we hadn't gotten one of the doors on the hinges, and he had a float in that tank. So we're like, we had put up a rubber flap, and we're like, so there's a rubber flap here instead of a door. Uh, and the dude is just totally cool with it too. He's like, yeah, whatever, rubber flap, got it. <laughs> so yeah, just pull the flap aside, and, and you'll be able to slip right in there. Wow, I. Uh... That's pretty awesome. You guys are really giving me a lot of hope right now, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, you can never start too small. Yeah. <laughs> when I, uh, just before I was getting ready to open, like, you know, officially, same thing, I kind of, I pretty much ran out of money. And I was like, all right, well, I got to start getting people in these tanks uh, next week or else <laughs> I'm in trouble, you know, because the mortgage is doing like three weeks. So I got to get people going. Um, and the same thing, my post float room was just bare walls, like no construction. I mean, it was just, bare walls that was it and it was just wiring and i brought people through i was like hey part of the appearance still in the construction but look at my beautiful float room and like i would bring them in and nobody cared i mean at least they said they didn't care you know they all walked in and were like oh wow yeah whatever wow look at this room this is so cool all right what's this all about and they totally just didn't they were all about the float and just all about relaxing and and just as long as you were welcoming and and gave them a good nice relaxing environment 
they didn't care what you know as far as what the rest of it wasn't done as long as the end result was there and the float was good they were happy yeah we probably do have the most laid-back group of customers i think any business could hope for it <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely. the uh yeah, the definitely the, the West is definitely a lot more laid back, you know, notoriously more laid back than the East Coast. And I'm sure the fact that it's a float center is just, you know, multiplies that by uh by a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um so anyway, that's pretty much the story of us tell opening. Um and then uh yeah, you know, there's a little bit after that. I guess it's worthwhile telling like maybe the next like month or so, because that really gives an idea of how we actually started out. So then after that that five days that we were closed again we launched a Groupon pretty much immediately upon reopening. And uh, we had the good fortune to launch it before they'd split into any subdivisions of their list or anything. Okay. So in Portland, they had a 300,000-person mailing list. So we got sent out to every one of those addresses uh, as the featured deal of the day. So (laughs) that alone just generated a ton of awareness, not only for us, but just for floating and that it existed in Portland. And of that, we sold 2,000 floats. Wow. uh, Just right out of the gate. And of course, you know, the, you get kind of a big influx at first and then a big influx at the end. But uh, in the meantime, we had a nice size just wad of cash that they'd sent along for all of those. Right. And right. that's really a big part of also how we bootstrapped our way to kind of expand and keep developing from there. So that launching with a really big deal helped a ton in the beginning. And from that point on, we were just booked solid. Um, we were open. We started at 12 hours a day. And by the end of our first year, we were open maybe 20 hours a day. <laughs> Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing I wanted to ask you guys about. <clears throat> when I first read that you were open 24 hours a day, um, the picture of a person, uh, like, the, in my head, when I imagined, like, a person coming into float at 2 a.m., uh, the kind of person, I, I worked at a bar for 10 years, so the pe- kind, of people, <laughs> kind of people I saw at 2 a.m. were, you know, not usually the kind you would see floating. They were usually loud and obnoxious and, you know, not not relaxing, not ready to relax anyway. Um is it just like regular people that come at like 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. and in the middle of the night? Like, is it just reg- regular, like the same kind of people that come in the middle of the day? <laughs> for for the most part, it really is, surprisingly. Like, the, there are some people who come in and are just very mild-mannered, and that's that's just the time they love to float, you know? It's like not even that the schedule was full up otherwise, but they will, like, specifically book for 2 in the morning. Wow. They love it. Um you know, we have a lot of uh, members who, who float at that time because they can really get in long floats. You know, they'll book straight from 11 p.m. until 5 in the morning and just do these epic floats all through the night. And uh, that really appeals to them, and they'll do it on a very regular basis. And so it's a good chance for some of your more kind of hardcore float heads to get in, which is nice. Um, but a lot of people with interesting work requirements also really liked it. People who either worked until 2 in the morning would love to come in and float afterwards, you know, bartenders like that who would get off work at two in the morning and, and either drink until 5 a.m. or come and just like get in the float tank and let their body mellow out. Yeah, well, I, I tell you, I mean, I would get done from work. I mean, here the bars are open till four. Um, I worked in an Irish bar, so we open till five. And <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, we'd stay and clean up and everything. And I would get home sometimes. It would be like six in the morning, 6.30 in the morning. And even though when I was working and doing everything, I was so tired. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get home. I'm exhausted. I would still get home and be wired for like an hour. You know, I'd still be awake for an hour. So now that you say something like that, like if, if I had a tank like I do now, getting home and floating for an hour, an hour and a half it would be a damn good idea. It would probably really, uh, really set me at, at ease. Or it would have. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's also, you know, time of day I've personally found to just affect my floats more than a lot of other factors. Like, I, I really have a different float at 7 in the morning than I do at 11 o'clock at night. And so I think that time clicks in with some people. And even if they're not used to doing things at that time of day, like, they try float out because it's, we'd run a little longer floats at night and they find that they have such a different type of experience at that point, And that's really what they were maybe looking for out of a float tank. And they keep coming back for that. Yeah. Yep. There's one guy who comes through and just uses it as his hotel when he visits Portland <laughs> um, because he doesn't want to rent a room. So he comes and just pretty much like stays in the tank overnight yeah. and then goes about his day. <laughs> wow. You guys have such an awesome, you guys have awesome, such an awesome way about you as far as like, you know, like most, most people from New York, you know, I don't know about float centers, but most people from New York, if they said something like that, had like a similar type of scenario going on they'd be like and this this one cheapo comes in and he won't even buy a hotel room and he comes in and it's like totally different uh way about you guys and it's very refreshing <laughs> hey it's paying he's paying us money it's really hard to have a problem with it <laughs> yeah this is true this is true so um when you guys first got going in portland were you the first float center that was in portland no no, so we weren't. Um, that uh, that distinction belongs well. So we floated at um, Christopher's place. He had a float tank in his apartment. Oh, okay, I'm not sure that's what right. We call that a full fledged center. Um, and uh, then there was also Common Ground Spa here in town, which is still operational, <laughs> and they had a single tank up and running. And they've actually had that since the seventies. Quite some time, yeah. Um, the eighties, maybe probably eighties. Eighties, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so they've been up and running for a long time. Um, and uh, but it was very, you know, they they run a lot of different services. And uh, a float tank was one of the things, and they had one float tank, and we still found very much that when we would bring it up around town that it wasn't very well known. Not at all, yeah. Probably akin to anywhere else that even doesn't have float tanks at all. Yeah. Um, And also the quality that they were running back then was really not that great. Um, there was, uh, there was a lot to be desired in the, uh, in the float experience. And that was, you know, it was changing hands every few months. Like someone different was running it a lot. Um, they have someone now, I think he's been stabilized for, for quite a while and she's running things a lot better over there now. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, the, there's kind of the, sh- the, the short answer is yes, there were, but not really not a designated float center that was really just repping floating. Right. It was float tanks, but not a float center. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The it's first, really, yeah. It's really like that, <clears throat> that shift from that scene to kind of us opening up has actually seemed to be really what's going on all around the U.S. right now. Like a lot, a lot of the past times where you try to count how many places there were to float around the U.S., even as much as three or four years ago, it was mostly things like that. The spas with a, a single tank with no one who worked there who really knew what they, it was and things like that. And right now it seems like we're seeing a lot more of large float designated kind of centers opening up. Yeah, yeah. I've, a lot of... I've had a couple people that come here that either work in gyms or own gyms, and uh, they're like, oh, you know, we're thinking about getting one of these and putting this in our gym. And I'm like, well, number one, I think you'd probably have a hard time with all the plates being dropped all the time, probably here in the, in the <laughs> tank. Um, I said, but number two, you know, it's it, to really give the full float experience, you know, it has to be a person devoted to the float, to, to, to you know, talking to the person before and talking to them afterwards and, you know, if you kind of just have the tank and kind of think the tank's going to do all the work, like it's going to do some of the work, but the person's not going to get the full experience. It's not going to be, you know, and it, I tried to explain it to people and you could, some people I said it to and they're like, Oh, okay. And like, I tell them they, I see them and they're like, not in their head, but I could see them like rolling their eyes. But I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not lying to you. Like you really shouldn't put one in your place because there's guys doing squats next door and deadlifts and probably going to hear them. But <laughs> just talk about salt damage if you want to scare them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's the one thing I, I I'm amazed about. It's just just gets everywhere. It just gets everywhere. It spreads everywhere, and okay. anything it touches. And it seems like things that are like synthetic are are better as far as where it goes. Um, you know, like but like anything natural, like stone or brick or whatever, is. Much, right. Oh yeah, yeah. salt food. Yeah, <laughs> we're still shut. You know, it's been three years, and I still find like a pile of salt in this corner that I haven't looked at in a while. And I'm like, oh my god, like I cannot believe how much salt is here. It does not stop shocking you. It is really, really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I definitely could see on my floor. My floor is black. I mean, it's it's great because it's made out of rubber, and people can't slip on it. Um, but obviously you see every little bit of salt. And even if I clean it and I go to sleep and I wake up the next day, there's still like a, a haze over it of salt. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. But uh-huh. but nobody can slip. So, eh, I'll, you know, I'll take it. I was, yeah. very, I was very worried <laughs> about people exactly. slipping and falling, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, we had black rubber mats on our floors for the first, uh, what, year? Year, if not a little bit more. Yeah. Man, well, all right, good. See, like I said, you guys are giving me a lot of hope. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so you guys got anything new coming on? You said you got some major, major construction going on. Oh man, we that yeah. is a, you. No matter when you ask that question, the answer will always be like way too much to even like describe. <laughs> probably yeah, so much going on right now. Um, the the construction specifically has been a lot about our floors actually. Uh, and just exactly what you were saying, like the, the salt has just eaten through almost anything that we've thrown at it. Um, so we're on our third round of ripping out and reinstalling new flooring and trying out different materials to see what can actually hold up to these float tanks. Nice. All right. Good. Yeah, so this time, as usual, we'll be trying two different solutions. Um, yeah. We always like try at least two different options whenever we do anything, just so we're actually testing and seeing what works better. Ah. Um, yeah, so total we're ripping out three showers and four floors, and we're putting in two different types of showers and two different types of floors. Wow. And, um, yeah, then we're throwing an extra wall into our lobby so that we just make an extra layer of soundproofing between our lobby and any of the float rooms. Ah, okay, good move. Yep. And, uh, what else? Those are the big things. Oh, and we're replacing one of our tanks. We, um, we're getting a new ocean float room in. Wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, as long as we're on this podcast, a little shout out to Ocean Float Rooms, and thanks, Chris, over there for taking care of us. But yeah, um, we're we're selling one of our Ocean Float Rooms <laughs> during construction, getting one of the new units. Yeah, that's pretty. Uh, it's pretty awesome. It's definitely a good move putting up another wall. Do you guys? Is there a big issue as far as sound goes? We now, or just just want to make sure a little bit of extra, extra soundproofing. A little extra. Uh, we we built these new tanks in our in our center, and they're very much built into the room. So the walls of the float tank are the walls of the room itself. Okay. And uh, that turned out just to be to require more soundproofing than a regular float tank would, just because you you kind of cut out the whole room within a room situation. Right, right, right. Um. So you know, it's not it's not profound. It's just uh, every once in a while you're you're doing a float and there's some rambunctious person who walks in off the street and is like, oh, what are these crazy salt things? And that noise <laughs> just kind of like subtly makes its way in. So we figured while we, were, while we were closed, we might as well throw up one extra little buffer layer there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, my first float, I, uh, you know, like I said, I, I worked as a bartender for like 10 years. So, you know, I got to know music and even just like bass lines of songs and, you know, could figure them out from like the back of the room. Like, and it'd be like, Oh, that's, that's this long. You know, I'd be able to pick them out. And I remember when I was in my float, I heard like a distinctive bass line. And I'm like, is that, that sounds like Rob bass. 
And like two seconds <laughs> later, I was like, dee, 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 dee. I'm like, yeah, that is raw bass, but it was in my, <laughs> you know, it was in my float. It was like, it, it definitely took me out of it. So <laughs> when I, um, when I knew sound in general is, is really tricky. It's kind of hard to hunt things down when, when like customer comes out and it's like, yeah, I heard this like tapping. And you're like, okay, well, that could be so many things. And yep. it could have only been happening at that time. Could have literally just been in your head. Yeah, <laughs> which also making it up. Like... <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, the, um, the low, fre- low frequency sound seems to be like the hardest thing to get rid of. Like the low, like, uh, you know, like trucks that drive by, like something, you know, vibrations that seems like the hardest thing. I, you know, people talking wise, like in the other room, or unless they're yelling, Seems to be all right, but unless people like stomping around, that's like yeah, that's an yeah. issue. Actually, good. Uh, they sell these things online called vibration isolation pads, which are these tiny little pads that are just alternating densities, like rubber and then cork and then rubber is kind of really typical ones. They're not even that expensive. They're like three dollars for a little a little square of them, and you put like twelve to sixteen under your float tank, and it's helped us a bunch. Uh-huh. Like we're on a pretty busy street where big trucks drive by and buses will go by. Motorcycles, motorcycles. Like you used to be able to hear that vibration specifically in the float tank, it sounded like a little helicopter while you were in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we we put those under all our float tanks, and it took the sound away. It actually did a, a did a really good job. Uh, what are they called again? Vibration isolation pads. All right, I'll write that down there is you pretty much just grab a giant sheet of uh, plywood or two separate sheets if it's uh you know depending on the tank style yeah, usually one inch thick to be safe stick the vibration isolation pads to the underneath of that put the float tank on top of it and you have a sound dampened float tank yeah and we go through and we actually put them under our pumps and anything that's connected to the float tank uh is also touching the ground through the vibration isolation pad so that there's no point where vibration can travel through anything and actually make its way into the float tank Ah, good move. Like, no weak point. Everything's on the same level. Exactly. Uh, Okay. Nice. All right. So when... One other thing I need to know is, (laughs) when did you guys decide to do an awesome conference about floating? How long did... I mean, that that is so cool that you guys do that, that all all these people come from all over the world and just come and celebrate floating. That's that's what it seems like. It seems like a celebration of floating. Yeah, and it very much is. Um, yeah, you're spot on. And um, and it's nice, too, because we're fundamentally, I mean, we are a business about isolation. Um, so coming together at a certain place and time is really nice, I think. Um, yeah, so we kind of stumbled into it. We started by going around to, um, they were called float summits um, uh, before we started throwing the float conferences. And they'd had one in London that we missed out on. That was actually the year that we opened up. And uh, the next one after that was down in San Francisco. And it was pretty small. There were maybe about 80 people. 40 in San Francisco. Uh, 40 in San Francisco. Oh, really? I keep thinking it's bigger. Yeah, so 40 in San Francisco who went out to it. Um, we were some of those. <laughs> and um, yeah, we just got to talk a lot with people down there. Same thing. They had another one over in Sweden. We gave a good. We were speakers at both events. And we were re- really well received. And at the Sweden one, we just asked, hey, if we wanted to have some people out in Portland who would be interested in coming out and seeing what we're up to. And... Uh, everyone was pretty much interested and we were like, okay, this would be great. We can actually have guests out here. And Ashcon is actually the one who really spearheaded the entire thing. Yeah. Um, it was really fun. We, you know, we'd never really done anything like that before. Um, other than, you know, being good at partying and enjoying <laughs> hanging out with lots of people at once. So we had kind of that under our belt, but, uh, we, <clears throat> I guess just kind of, uh, learned how to put on a conference by, by doing it and, you know, got a space and, 
just wanted to really try to spread information kind of became our goal with it, I think. Like once we sat down and said, okay, well, what, what kind of value can this really add to people? Like there's, that's a real struggle in the float industry is having a place to find information. You know, it's, it's gone back for decades. There's this research out there and there are these people all around the world doing these float centers and there's a couple things on the internet maybe. And it's just very hard to actually sit down and talk with people. And simultaneously, uh, there's all these people running float centers that are just so happy to share information and talk with you on the phone for hours at a time to tell you everything they know about float tanks. And so and it just made a lot of sense to take all those people and put them together in a giant room and just have everyone be together and share information and kind of realize that we are a community and that we can, you know, we're part of like an industry that there are other people doing things for and we can all kind of work together to to make this thing grow. Yeah, actually, uh, Shane and I were talking about that last podcast, and we were saying that this industry is unlike any other industry I've ever seen, where it's like, normally it's, you know, competition, you're competitive with each other, and, and, you know, if there is some kind of conference or something like that, it's only for networking, and just so you can help each other make money, and just, you know, to make money, and that's it, you know, and it's, this industry isn't like that, it's helping each other to help each other, like, to genuinely help another human being, you know, and, and, and the only reason we're doing that, even opening centers for a lot of people, is to help other people. So it's like, it's just, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's really amazing that, that I've gotten to an industry like this. I'm so happy. <laughs> it's, it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, we felt the same way coming into, you know. Um, we've done a lot in the short time we've been open, and we're kind of these industry experts now and putting on conferences and, you know, flying out to other centers and helping them open but not so long ago, like we would not have survived our first even entering construction if it weren't for, you know, Gwen and Lee of Samadhi giving us so much help and um, uh, just everyone really. Like, who else did we call back then? Uh, I mean, yeah, I've had like an emergency conversation with Tim Strudwick over yeah. in London at some point just yeah. one morning, like, oh, yeah. <clears throat> as we're dealing with health department stuff and all. People are super ready to hop in and help out. Yep. Colin Stanwell Smith of Float Away and Shoshana uh-huh. too down at Samadhi, like all of those guys. And the Keith who sold us the tanks, you know, I spent an hour with him on the phone and was shocked that he would spend that long telling someone just about running his tank center. So, you know, it's really true. It's been, I think, passed on since the days of John Lilly. This has just been a very welcome sharing community. So yeah, it's it's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I fundamentally yeah, I totally agree. I'm just very happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a- Happy to be here, guy, you know? What can I say? <laughs> so, uh, all right, guys. I want to thank you for hanging out with me on the, on the Flowcast. And uh, is there any, anything else you guys want to drop? Any, any news or anything? We're definitely having another conference this year, right? Because I'm, I'm definitely going to make it out. I didn't make it out last yeah. year because I was still in mid-construction and I wasn't really um, an official float center yet. And plus, I didn't really <laughs> had no money to get out there. <laughs> so I, I couldn't. Uh, but this year, I'm saving my shekels. And I'm definitely going to make it out there. Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we're actually right now just about to lock in the venue and the dates for the whole thing. So um, it's looking like it'll be uh, in the early part of August. And it'll be out here in Portland again. And we'll be doing the uh, workshop to help people start up float centers again. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be just a ton of fun, just like it was last time. Nice. Yep. Fantastic. <clears throat> And, um, yep, same thing, you know, we just have a million things going on. Um, the Float Helm software that we've been working on to actually run float centers is finally doing um, payments and booking. We have our first test clients actually fully running their centers with it, booking in people online and, yeah, handling all of their appointments with that. Um, right. Float Tank Solutions materials are just about to get updated. And um, actually, for the conference and Float Tank Solutions, um, 
I wanted to offer any of your listeners a little bit of a discount on those and give them especially a you know special conference ticket price coming up. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so we, we'll put together a little page for you and um, get it up by the time your podcast's up. That'll just be floattanksolutions.com slash floatcast. Oh, thanks a lot, fellas. That, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And your, uh, yeah, your listeners can go out there and uh, yeah, just get a little bit of a special deal. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to be out there, guys. So uh... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Um, and thanks so much for having us on. I love what you're doing out here, and it's just good to see anything that's pushing the industry forward. You know, I love what you're up to. So uh, keep up the great work, Tom. It's been a pleasure listening on our end, too. Yeah. Thanks a lot, fellas. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, that's about it for the uh, Flowcast, guys. Thanks for checking us out, and uh, we'll check you next week. Take care, mm-hmm. friends. Bye. Cheers. Great night, Tom. Bye.